welcome to the Mix in the Six podcast. I'm your host, Gina Marie, and thank you for tuning in to hear stories from the Mix community in Toronto and beyond. This podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples covered by Treaty 13. This space is all about sharing our stories, building community, and learning from one another and having fun. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here on the Mix in the Six podcast. It's Gina and Michaela. We have a special episode where it's the two of us. We're going to be talking about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Michaela, no. what are we talking about today? No. So we decided it would be a good idea to do an episode about this crazy thing we're experiencing right now, the epidemic, and where we've been at, and what we think about the whole thing, how it's affected us. This episode will be dropping on the 11th, which is supposed to be the last day of the stay-at-home order. So we'll just be talking about where we are now and what we're hoping for in the future. And yeah, it's an opportunity to open up the conversation about the pandemic. Yes, the pandemic. Yeah, I think you said epidemic. Did I say epidemic? <laughs> yeah. We don't, well, I don't really know the difference, but it's I think- It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a pandemic and there's an epidemic happening in like a lot of realms. So the pandemic affects all of us. It's affecting the entire world. So I think we are going to share from our perspectives how we've been doing and, and how we've been staying well and hopefully mm. open up a conversation for all of our listeners to share how they've been doing too. First, though, I want to just share with the community, our mixed fam, about a very special little boy who is in need of a bone marrow donor. So I'm going to take a few moments just to share a story uh, that came through our Mixed in the Six Facebook page. It's a little boy named Xavier Pizzito. He is mixed Vietnamese and Filipino. He was recently diagnosed with a blood cancer, also known as juvenile leukemia, and he is in desperate need for a stem cell donor match. And for those of you who are familiar and also not familiar, I'll just share that uh, for people who have mixed race backgrounds, it is sometimes less than 1%. There's 1% chance of finding a match on the current registry because of lack of diversity. So if you are mixed, especially of any background related to Vietnamese or Filipino, either mixed or monoracial, please consider signing up as a stem cell or bone marrow donor as you could help save Xavier's life. This was a message that came through his aunt, Candice, through our page. So just shout out to Candice. I'll post a GoFundMe link in the show notes, but also a link to how to sign up as a stem cell donor. It's actually quite easy. You go to www.blood.ca and go to the stem cell page and just register. Yeah, you do have to be between the ages of 17 and 35. But, you know, if you are, if you fit the criteria, you could save someone's life. So please check that out. I'm registered and I know many of the people from the Mix in the Six community have registered in response to this recent post as well as at some of our events. So thank you to everyone who's already on the registry. And if you are, please share with other people how to do the same. Awesome. I don't think I'm registered, but I'm going to look into it for sure after we finish our yeah. podcast. <laughs> Sign up. Thanks. <laughs> Save lives. So, as we mentioned, we're talking about the pandemic, not the epidemic. <laughs> and we kind of just thought we'd break it down into a couple of different ways that we've noticed life has been different and how we've dealt with it. And again, as Gina said, open up the conversation. So one is physical touch. 
yeah. First of all, I just want to say this pandemic sucks. Like yeah, it sucks. It <laughs> yeah. Well, what we could do before we talk about the specific mm-hmm. aspects is like, how have we been handling it? Like yeah. from, let's say, March to now. Oh, man. Well, this is Gina. I'll <laughs> let me go. Uh, last March was, I think I, I was really shocked, actually. I was all in a big state of stress. I think every morning when I woke up, I was like, is today the day when I leave the house, I'm going to get COVID? So that was like this mm. big stressor of worrying about risk, worrying about exposure, as well as like the livelihood of the community and also of my work. I work as a mental health clinician and I typically was seeing people in person and still do with lots of screening and to the PPE, but it's it's a challenge to do the work that we're doing safely and effectively when we're social distancing, physical distancing. Yeah. But also there's just this huge stress of like figuring out how to navigate like the actual risk of getting COVID, but then also all of these rules and regulations and this new normal. I feel like I've found my stride over the last little while and we'll get into the things that have helped us get through, mm-hmm. but it was definitely really stressful. Like I was just kind of on edge a lot. Like I had, there was some, I was, in a relationship it didn't didn't last (laughs) I think it was June before the start of the pandemic but it didn't like it didn't last the pandemic was Mm. quite stressful and Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of things that to reflect on like you know if I'm gonna have to scale back everything like you know what's the best Mm. course of action what kinds of things do I want to keep in my life and what do I have to let go of so there was a lot of grieving around like a loss of regular routine a lot of worries a lot of uncertainty I was supposed to go on a bunch of trips that all got canceled, which Mm. is like water under the bridge now, but it was a big like challenge. Disappointment at the time. And then, you know, with like being a single girl, which has its benefits, it's like, oh, okay, great. I'll just never go on a date again. (laughs) (laughs) I found a routine. And like I said, we'll kind of talk about the things that have really helped, but I have had these like dips in mood whenever another lockdown is Mm -hmm. announced. Like I'm like, oh, we start to like in the summer, we're like, we got to go see people in Toronto, the patio were open and there was like a reopening of businesses, which was amazing. I felt like we could just revel in that, like mm-hmm. that sense of connection and community. Yeah. And then when they were announcing that everything was closing, I felt a huge sense of grief. Grief for all of the businesses and all of this, like the another stress for mm-hmm. the system on our nervous systems, going back into isolation, because we really do need connection. It's hard to, to live. To live. Yeah. You know, without that connection. Yeah. For so many months. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I felt like whenever a lockdown has announced, I get pretty stressed. I'm like trying not to read too many of the articles to because it's a lot of it's a little bit confusing as to mm-hmm. what the restrictions will involve and mm-hmm. how it affects us and it affects us all differently too. So I had to learn how to manage that and just like continue to come home and find ways to resource and self-care. It doesn't always mean having a bath. It means sometimes crying it out and complaining <laughs> and doing other things. <laughs> what about you, Michaela? So for me, I feel like when March happened, well, that's when I experienced what I would consider the beginning of the lockdown for us in Toronto. I work in healthcare, so it was just a lot of information, a lot of confusion, you know, the system trying to figure out how to deal with this, how to take care of patients, how to take care of the patients that are sick with other things. And the unit I was on, because I work in an ICU, was going to become a half COVID unit. And I actually was okay with it at the time. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll be fine. And as time went on, we actually didn't really end up taking on a lot of patients in that unit, actually took on none. And so, you know, the whole like 
I don't know, stress of like, is it going to happen? What is it going to look like? What if, you know, will we get sick? What's going to happen? Didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then I think, as you were saying, as summer came, we got to be outside a little bit, seemed like it was going to be over. And then the second lockdown hit and I kind of knew if I didn't do some things or put some things in place, it could be very bad for me. So as Gina said, we'll talk about some strategies later on, but, you know, just getting on Zoom calls, finding ways to be social, finding ways to connect with people. I knew that I had to kind of be busy up my schedule so that I could feel well because I am very much an extrovert and I kind of need that. So I was okay. And also as far as the hospital system, we'd learned so much about the disease and how to handle it and how to structure the hospital to handle the patients coming in that first of all, the unit I was on was no longer going to be considered partly COVID unit. So I didn't have to worry about that. And then I changed jobs and I, where I work now is still an ICU, but it's a trauma ICU and there's no COVID patients there. So my level of risk went down, which is great because by like the eighth month, I was like, no, I do not want to put myself in harm's way anymore. I'm not want to be a brave person. I want to just go to work and come home. So I was able to find a lower level of risk job within the same hospital, which was great. But then when we had the stay at home orders in January, I hit my personal low where I was just like, I don't know how to do this anymore. I kind of think I had expected that the new year ringing in the new year was going to change mm-hmm. things and yeah. it was going to completely obliterate literate the fire of the year. <laughs> and we were just going to wake up with sunshine and rainbows and it didn't happen. And I think my response was that, okay, now what? Like, I don't even know what the point is anymore. And I got to a really depressive place. I didn't even want to find strategies to get through it. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to keep working so hard just to maintain, mm-hmm. like just to maintain my sanity, just to maintain my sense of wellness, just to maintain my desire to even go into work, you know, maintain my other responsibilities. It was just really tough. Like it's took me a few weeks to kind of come through that kind of on the other side of that now. But I don't know, February 11th, we'll know if we're going to still be on state home orders or if they're going to extend them or not. Then it's another opportunity to try to figure out how to deal Mm -hmm. with, you know, the constant like re-upping of like, we're doing this for a little bit longer and it ends up being a lot longer. So, and the idea that you can have the vaccine and it doesn't make a whole lot of difference at this point because not enough people have it is kind of disheartening. Yeah. Because that was the thing I thought was going to save us all. (laughs) So (laughs) those disappointments kind of led me to really dark, dark path in January. But now I feel like, okay, kind of put in place some of the stuff I had before. Mm -hmm being social on the Zoom calls when I can't be face-to-face with people. And it's a lot better now. So yeah, but that's the story of the pandemic. In a nutshell, for (laughs) both of us, I know we've had both some, like obviously ups and downs. We've shared a lot with one another. And I think it's really, it's important to acknowledge the, acknowledging the lows. And also just the impact on overall, like just the collective mental health. Mm. Like I, as a mental health clinician, first, Mikhail, I want to say thank you for doing the great work that you do in the hospital. All of the nurses and doctors, you deserve all the recognition, like all the time, not just during COVID, but sort of with this extra stress and load of taking all these precautions and everybody's worried. And Mm -hmm. there is just a general like overall like stress Mm -hmm. that's um, in the hospital system right now. And then just with like the 
you know, this trauma, you know, trauma is often thought of as something that has to be a car accident or like major abuse or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But it's like, it's also a a major change in like, you know, our feeling of safety. If something is considered dangerous or if we're feeling unsafe, that can put a huge tax on our system and it can affect our mood. I feel really lucky to be in a position that I'm like able to have access, you know, to some kind of stability. Like mm-hmm. I have a roof over my head. I'm still considered essential so I can work. I haven't had my livelihood completely taken away from me. And, and I have sort of access to, mm-hmm. you know, some resources, courses and therapists and coaches, which I know not everybody has. So I know when you're talking about hitting mm-hmm. that low in January, I feel you. I've hit that too. And I, I have so much compassion for other people out there that sort of might not be able to have a sense of community mm-hmm. or support. Yeah. Something I did want to share is that there was some free resources, like free therapy available for frontline healthcare workers mm. that I accessed. I had like six sessions at the beginning mm. of this when it was like we I, we couldn't go anywhere and everything was all changing. Yeah. So that was really helpful for any like nurses or other healthcare workers. And yeah, I think it's just important to acknowledge that this is a tough time. Yeah. Yeah. And it continues to be like it's the prolonging of it. As my therapist says, anytime you lose your sense of control, like you're not in control of what's happening to you, it causes trauma. So this is a, obviously something we have no control over. And so you you don't get to choose that you're, how your lifestyle has to change because of this pandemic. And so it's going to cause trauma. So there's many things that have been affected in this pandemic time. And we started to talk about it, which was touch and how, <laughs> well, how we've experienced the loss of that and what that looks like. Yeah, I want to talk about touch. I love talking about touch. I love hugs. Yeah. I miss hugs. I feel like every time I talk to someone now on just a text message and I'm like, I miss you. And I'm like, I miss hugging you. <laughs> I want to touch you with obviously consent, of course. Let's talk about touch. So I actually posted this article. It was talking about how important touch is mm. for our mental health. The author was talking about when we're discussing the problem of loneliness, it's often what's having people feel lonely is that they aren't getting enough touch. They're not mm-hmm. getting enough human interaction. Not just like the, that's why Zoom calls can't really take the place of like physical touch. So even when you have, when you're hugging someone, they've shown like studies that that actually creates like a change in your nervous system that allows your brain to offload and to delegate parts of your body and your brain to be mm-hmm. like, okay, you can cope, yeah. right? Like to be able to calm the nervous system because you know your body has a, a sign and signal that you're safe, your body and your mm-hmm, brain, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, having it, you know, when you get a hug and you just feel really good, yeah. that warm feeling, like it's not just like, it's no slouch. It's no placebo. It's the real yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like real drugs, but good drugs, right? <laughs> and free drugs. <laughs> free drugs. That's why those signs that say free hugs, I see I see like videos come up when the, during those times where people were doing free hugs on the streets of Toronto. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like free hugs now, you know, mm-hmm. now it's like trying to go on a Zoom call or, mm-hmm. you know, um, hugging yourself. Anyway, <laughs> like that's also just a part of all of sort of living animals, living beings. Like we need touch. We need a sense of community. And being in community with each other, meaning like being in each other's physical presence, does help us. It's called like co-regulation. Mm-hmm. So when we're able to like regulate our emotions, mm-hmm. like be able to like weather the storm of like sadness and anger 
anger and other things, we are able to be better at doing that when we're able to co-regulate with other people in our Mm. own space. So, you know, for some folks who are like living alone and or have less access to humans within their bubble, that's a really difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can be. I mean, I live alone. I am very blessed because I have my emotional support animal. His name is Eddie and he's a West Highland Terrier and he's the sweetest. And he is um, so sweet. <laughs> he's here and I get to pet him while we're talking. And um, just petting him just releases the endorphins mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this little sweet thing that depends on me. And I get to cuddle him and pet him. And that's been really, really special because I can't imagine what it would be like if I didn't have him. And then something that was actually really sad for me because be, even around the summertime and in the fall, we were able to have, you know, certain small groups of people around. So I still saw my family, but we social distance and we didn't hug. So it's kind of weird to see your mom and then say bye and not hug her. So it was okay at first. And then it just became like, oh, I hate this. What if something were to happen and, you know, someone got into an accident, you didn't get to hug them. So those were not great feelings. But some of the things that I've done a lot of community Zoom calls and kind of grief rituals and things like that. And one of the kind of the best things that I get to do in these workshops or these kind of intentional community spaces is what's the word kind of like ritualistic like touching of yourself like hugging yourself and actually like you know grabbing your like arms and like just feeling them and at first I thought it was kind of horny (laughs) I was like (laughs) okay (laughs) what's that song (laughs) touch yourself (laughs) what is it on anybody else when I think about you I touch myself oh right yeah yes yeah (laughs) a little bit when I think about myself I touch touch myself (laughs) so it's a little different kind of touching I think she's Mm -hmm. talking about but um no like I think I was doing this one workshop it was a zoom call and I just was like okay I'm gonna I'm participating fully Mm -hmm. and I was just touching myself and like kind of like holding on to myself and it just felt so good and it's like corny or not it works yeah because the touch can be from anyone it's just the human need for touching because there's been studies that babies in orphanages that don't get hugs don't get touched they die yeah and so if you have family members at home even if you're fighting with them because you're annoyed with seeing them every day hug them (laughs) enjoy them cuddle up I mean I'm sure people are doing that because we all want comfort but yeah when you're alone you can do that as well you can just kind of snuggle up in a big blanket or get a weighted blanket Mm -hmm. Mm. weighted blankets are great I mean hugging a pillow hugging a pillow actually hugging yourself, hugging an animal. Yeah. All great ways to kind of feed that need. I love that. I love, yes, animals are very important. (laughs) I love when Eddie comes by and uh, (laughs) whenever I see a dog in the community or out somewhere and they let me pet them, I'm like, thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I really love that you mentioned the like self-touch, self-pleasure piece. I have been super fortunate to have taken a talk course that Mm. has usually offered in person, but the teacher, Victoria from Playful Loving, she's awesome. Highly recommend. We did it online. So we had small class, but we had someone who was all the way from Israel. So it was really cool. Or no, they were, yeah, they were living in Israel. So it was like three, three people from Toronto and one person from Israel. So it was a cool experience. And we learned about different ways to connect with ourselves in an intimate fashion. (laughs) And so things like doing a solo pleasure practice, which doesn't just mean, you know, jerking off. 
<laughs> not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Please continue to self-pleasure yourself in that way. But to actually like spend some time with yourself with like oils, finding what feels good. It kind of reminds me a little bit of when we did our Let's Talk About Sex 1.0. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, we did a Patreon episode where we talked about orgasms. We also, I think a big part of just intimacy, touch, and connecting with oneself is to find like the, what kinds of touch and yeah. sensations and textures like on mm. your skin and or on your fuzzy hair. sweater. Yeah. That you just... I love fuzzy sweaters. Yeah. And sometimes like, oh, and I love pajamas. So I have like very fuzzy pajamas that I put mm-hmm. in, put on when I'm at home and it just makes me feel so comfy because when it rubs against my skin yeah. and it's soft and it's warm um, and I have hoodies that I wear in the house and I put it on my head and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm in a cocoon. <laughs> and it's just nice. So um, those are ways to get that feel in that touch and feel of um, texture and delight. Yeah. <laughs> to add to that, I, I did get a new bed spread that feels really nice and luxurious it was like a fairly like inexpensive one but had really good reviews on amazon <laughs> so i was like just hop on my bed and i feel like a queen because <laughs> i am a queen <laughs> and just another thing about being at home so i have always appreciated my home environment but because i've spent a lot of time here now i realized that i could do more with my space to make mm. it more comfortable and luxurious and <laughs> shall i say sexy mm. so i've kind of made my i spent some time actually organizing my room and and decorating it not with anything too fancy but just moving things around clearing Mm -hmm. the space Uh, so that's been really nice I didn't always have time to do that (laughs) I know yeah 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 that's that's also something creating like an atmosphere Mm -hmm. like I'll just watch tv in the dark except for like six candles I have in different parts um, (laughs) of the house yeah Visual like TV watching now. <laughs> Netflix is, is more, it's, it's a spiritual practice. It's a spiritual practice. <laughs> it's Bridgerton, yes. Bridgerton is so good. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. If you have not watched Bridgerton, is it some of the best binge watching? Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Shonda Rhimes, we love you. Oh my goodness. Touch actually about shows. So in that article that I was referring to about like the pandemic and the loss of touch, they talked about how like watching on television, like people, people showing each other like physical intimacy can actually bring about the same like feelings mm. and like, ner- like um, you know, physiologically it can replace actual physical touch, mm. but it can help. So if you're watching Bridgerton, you know, you know, know you participating in self-care <laughs> and you know i mean i just think if we're just a bit you know just talking about touch i you know intimacy is essential it's an essential yeah. service i may or may not have a cuddle buddy and it's helpful <laughs> <laughs> so good all right so since we're, we're talking about touching anyhow what about dating dating <laughs> dating in the pandemic oh god help me all or help us all but help me really help help send help <laughs> Okay. I've heard some great success stories of people like dating and finding people, finding love during the pandemic. It's an interesting way to get to know someone if you can just go out right away to a restaurant and go on a date. People have to be creative. So if you can hold out like if and find a creative way to connect via physical or social distancing, then, you know, hey, you know, if you put in that effort, then maybe Mm -hmm. it could go somewhere. And I think people I've heard people going on like Zoom dates and, and connecting via video chat. I mean, I think that's also a great way to connect with someone on a level before things get physical. So Mm -hmm. that's interesting. So that can be a thing. Although I will say the lockdown, one of the reasons why I was so like down about it, the 
second lockdown was that I was going to meet up with someone after talking to them like for probably longer than we needed to. And then the lockdown, the lockdown, it was like we had to cancel our plans and then it just never went anywhere. And I remember being like, oh, great. I'm just going to like, I'll just be at home doing a solo (laughs) pleasure practice with my boyfriend, my favorite boyfriend candles. I have these candles that I get from Poppy Seed Creative Living on St. Clair. Very great store. It smells like there's a man in my room. (laughs) Not in a creepy way. It smells like men's cologne. To me, it smells like men, but a good smelling man. But to other people, it might smell like whatever luxurious scent it might smell like. (laughs) But yeah, like it was kind of like a bit of a downer because things were, you know, you're putting them in this effort to get to know someone on like a mental Mm -hmm. level, Mm -hmm. emotional level. And then you're like, okay, but I'll see you never. So yeah, that's been some of my struggles. <laughs> I'll see you never. Uh, see, you in, see you in two years when the <laughs> pandemic is over. If it's ever over. Yeah. Well, for me, it's interesting because I'm very much the person who believes that life goes on. So like everything is still going to happen. People are still going to get jobs and I've seen it. Better jobs than they had before. I've changed my job. I mean, it's a lateral move, but into a place that is much more conducive to my lifestyle and what I wanted to create. I've seen people get married in the pandemic. I've seen people move in with someone they really, you know, moving forward with. Mm. I've seen people get pregnant during the pandemic. And yeah, so there's been lots of success stories. Some people are like, oh, it's kind of like you'll see the results after where there's like people that partnered up maybe too quickly because of the pandemic. Mm. But that's life. It's just like you'll see the goods and the bads will happen. But some people, their whole story was created because of the pandemic. For me, I was in a relationship in the beginning. And then in May, we broke up because it wasn't a relationship that was satisfying for what I think our lifestyles are just different in terms of our needs. And I did a bunch of dating like around summer and fall, little patio stuff, social distancing dates, Zoom calls, did a bunch of everything. And I I was like, you know, people are out there. People are on the apps. And I think that what also happens is that I feel like the pandemic creates this kind of or has created for me anyway like a laser focus Mm -hmm. because there's not much else to distract you so if you like someone you like someone but then if you don't you kind of figure it out pretty quickly and who wants to spend the pandemic pretending to like someone just to see where it goes if you're not interested so I feel like that's been a gift of the pandemic in the sense of like just laser focus ability to reflect quickly on what you're feeling so later on in the pandemic I got back together with said ex and now kind of I feel very again, a blessing of the pandemic from my perspective is that I got to experience the relationship in um, kind of a very hyper intense way. It's kind of like, you know, you really want to this relationship to become what it could be because, you know, you want that closeness, you want that connection, you want to like have that person. And I think it's kind of because I was taking it much more seriously for myself, kind of really showed the flaws of the relationship that I kind of knew were there, but just kind of let go for a long time. And so, single again, but I'm okay with it (laughs) because I'm actually, I really find I enjoy my own company a lot and I spend most of my time doing home renovations. (laughs) (laughs) Home renovations is an act of self-love. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Because I love my space and I want to keep loving my space. So I'm always installing something new, Mm -hmm. new faucet, new different things. And that kind of keeps me excited and interested and, and I'm happy. Like I'm happy to not be in a relationship that's taxing me. 
and also not needing to create something with someone else. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of a relief more than anything else. So I think that dating is because I don't really believe like I listen to a ton of podcasts and I listen to some podcasts where it's like, oh, like I've been horny for the whole pandemic and dating sucks and it's impossible. And I don't think any of that's true. I mean, you could be horny for the whole pandemic. Yes. But <laughs> um, but I think that um, there are people that are on the apps. So if you get on the apps, you're going to meet people and you can talk to them and, you know, have Zoom calls and connect with people and decide where you want to go from there, just like how you would non-pandemic times. And um, I think it's all, you know, your perspective and what you want to create. Um, and I think now is a great time to laser focus in on what you want. Yeah. 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 And kind yeah. of pursue that because it's happening. People are out there doing it, you know, creating the lives they want to create because the pandemic's helping them to do that. Yeah. I really appreciate that you brought up the sort of being comfortable with being, you know, with yourself yeah. and being at home, like literally and figuratively, we all have to be home, but also creating like, you know, a beautiful home to live mm-hmm. in. If we're so blessed to have, you know, a roof over our heads. I wanted to also bring kind of expand on that, that, you know, becoming laser focused as to what you want out of a relationship. We can only really speak to our, yeah, our, our single experience. gal, single gal experience. So maybe we'll interview uh, someone who's married during the pandemic with kids. I know a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. For me, having to stay home and having less things to do because we're not allowed and it's unavailable has allowed me to really, really get clear on who am I? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I, how can I like love myself? How can I date myself? And I know love languages is a thing I really appreciate. And in my Tantra class, we talked about, well, what are our top love languages and how can we show those Mm -hmm. to ourselves? So mine are physical touch. Mm -hmm. So I've been touching myself. <laughs> and just like it, not just in like a, a sexual way, but like in a sensual way, or just like giving myself a hug, mm. or yeah, like what we were talking about before with touch quality time. So actually, like scheduling time to mm. be with myself and to do something nice for myself. Yeah, and words of affirmation. So I do a lot of journaling, a lot of like reflecting on how I'm talking to myself. A lot of the work I had been doing around like healing my old like wounding patterns mm. and childhood stuff, inner child wounds. I'm currently studying sex, love, and relationships in an intensive, like it's about two years in total long coach training. So I had gotten so busy when I was working off, like out into the community, but I got some more time to really connect with that work and do more healing because it's like, well, you know, this is the time to do it, right? Especially if there's just already so much stress and trauma in the world, like, you know, if I'm going to mm-hmm. be at home by myself and <laughs> if I want to have a relationship for the future, it's a, you know, I, I made a commitment to myself to start doing that work and mm-hmm. to sort of heal, start and continue to heal those wounds, those conditioned patterns of like thinking that I'm like, you know, not enough or blah, Mm. blah, blah. We could go into it a whole other podcast on its own, but to also just to really start to date myself, show myself that love and care that I deserve, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's helped. And also getting like, just continuing to get clear on that divine relationship (laughs) (laughs) that we're calling out for. Yeah. And reading like 15,000 books on relationships. Oh my gosh. Sometimes I think I'm like, am I the only one that likes to read about relationships? I know you do, but like sometimes do you ever feel like, is are you guys reading books about relationships? Because I feel like I can't get enough of them. And I mean, I can't finish one to save my life, but. <laughs> I haven't really read any over the pandemic, mm-hmm. but I do like personal development. Yeah. So I think anything like kind of in that realm is 
I haven't done a ton of reading, personal development reading during the pandemic, but that's kind of my go-to for like feeling comfort sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, other people are experiencing this too. And this is, you know, whoever, whichever expert or whoever wrote the book or created the program is giving some tips or, I don't know, strategies for moving through stuff. And that can be comforting in terms of, okay, I'm not alone in this. Whatever that is, could be dating, could be, you know, just feeling lonely or coming out of a relationship is, you know, the same as people are getting together. Other people are realizing their relationships aren't what they want and coming out of them. So, you know, people might be dealing with breakups and, you know, that kind of sadness or other losses. So I think that reading what other quote unquote experts have to say can help to make you feel comfortable mm-hmm. or feel like you're moving forward in some way. Even yeah. if you can't emotionally, you can read up on what life could be like when you get there. <laughs> I know sometimes it's like the personal development world. There's some obviously amazing, valuable things. And sometimes I I think I'm like, is this going to help me now? Or is this more related to to, later. to like when life is normal? <laughs> but for the most part, there's some really great content out mm. there. And maybe that's a good sort of segue into talking about sort of mental health, but also what have we been doing to stay well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you been doing to stay well? Um, Mentally, emotionally, physically? So one is, well, I was in therapy before the pandemic and I just have maintained seeing my therapist once a week on Zoom and I can't imagine life without her. I know that not everyone has access to therapy in terms of cost, but there is have been a lot of programs that have popped up during the pandemic because people need it. And thank God for that, because it's like, okay, you know, government society is paying attention. They're, these resources are needed. So there's stuff like online services like BetterHelp, and there's organizations around the city, the province, the country that are providing programs, online resources. These, you know, programs are pretty much all online. There's supports being created to support Black voices and Black people in the community to get through this experience of, well, it's not like racism. We didn't know, we didn't feel racism before, but it's just kind of like now everybody seems to be paying attention. So then there's just dealing with the fallout of that and what is being expected of us and how to respond. And as far as therapy goes, yeah, there's just lots of different programs that are being provided. Oh, yes. Also, something that is funny because I was talking to someone, I was asking my sister and she was talking to me about therapy and how to find one. I said, well, do you have an EAP? Because most companies, if you still are working and you work with a big company, even a small one, they have to have an EAP, which is an employee Mm -hmm. assistance providers. So those providers usually have counseling that is available to you at least up to 10 sessions, sometimes more for free because you work where you work. But I don't know if a lot of people know that. So letting you know to look into that, if that's something that you need, that you can just find it on your intranet for your company and look up employee assistance provider, ask your human resources department, there's different organizations. One's called Homewood, one's called Chappelle, and they provide those services to a lot of the companies in the city and they are free. So just kind of, some people just don't know that. They just don't know what all is offered by their company. And it's good to know because you don't have to spend more money. It's part of your benefits. So there's that. For me, I'm a very social person. I like to be connected. I have heard (laughs) that for some introverts, the pandemic has been like an incredible (laughs) blessing because they like to be alone. They don't want to talk to people and they don't have to as much. But for me, it could have been very bad. But I know myself well enough to know what I need. And so I, from the beginning of the pandemic, I just tried to replace every social thing I would have done 
with an online version. So in the summertime, I like to go to music festivals. I couldn't do that. So I found so many. One was on TikTok. It was all weekend and uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was basically a dance party for entire weekend. And they had DJs from all over the world. They were TikToking in. And I literally danced around my living room for like two straight days because it was 24 hours for two straight days. And I was like, this is what I'm missing. Sure, it's not the actual thing, but it was really hellish fun. And it was fun to see people from all over the world sending in their comments going, oh, this is amazing. And this person, you know, people from all over the world commenting, you're like, that sense of community was just like, oh, this is awesome. We're all struggling, but we're all getting these DJs in their backyards playing music for their world. And that was awesome. Another thing I like to do is like meet with my girlfriends. So I actually did some Zoom meetings with girlfriends. I created a book club because I wanted to read a book, but I didn't want to do it by myself. So I, I just asked a few people and they were like, yeah. And so I started a book club and that's been really fun and it's continuing. I love comedy shows. I was able to find free comedy shows online. Eventbrite is your friend. There's so many events that you can find just by like searching on Eventbrite for the kind of event you're interested in. Even Second City, which I would normally, in Christmas time, I would always go to a Second City show with one of my girlfriends. It was like our ritual every year. And uh, we just watched a Second City show because the Second City in Chicago is still doing like kind of like home shows in my living room. And it was really, really fun. And so I just try to keep implementing all the things that would make me feel connected to the world. And if I was feeling a, some kind of a way, I would text a friend or call my mom because I never call my mom. I'm a text person, so I'm not much of a phone person, but I've definitely become a phone person over the pandemic Yeah, because <laughs> you need to hear people's voices. And, uh, you know, sometimes I just sit and chat with my aunt on the phone or my mom. And those are new things I never did before. <laughs> and oh, and workshops. I just found that, you know, like through the pandemic, I would find people online that, you know, like I started doing yoga classes and the yoga studio that I went to. So I started following some the teachers and the teachers are also interested in other things. Like I did an intuitive eating course with one of the teachers I found on Instagram connected to my yoga studio. And I always wanted to do a course like that. So I found these little workshops and courses. And because of the pandemic, the prices are very low mm -hmm. to do some courses that if you had to do it in person, you would be paying a lot more money for. So that's really helped me a lot is to keep my mind stimulated and my social spirit and self stimulated. It shows. <laughs> you shining, girl. <laughs> I got an emotional, social, spiritual glow up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this pandemic fucking sucks. Pardon my language. And also, I think it can be... I've tried my best or, you know, I'm trying to use different, let's not say try. I have done my best and know you have done your best too, to find the silver lining in all of this. I know that it's a quite a privileged place to be, to be mm. able to find a silver lining in a global pandemic, which is like changing everybody's lives and is collectively traumatizing mm -hmm. us all somewhere than others, you know, so I want to name that and just also kind of, you know, celebrate that there have been some things that we've adapted to that have helped us, yeah. you know, yeah. because yeah. we need to stay well. But then yeah. also we're getting that glow up. Yeah. Yeah. Get it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just community benefits everyone. I'm mm -hmm. very much a community-based person. And so I think if there's ways that you can create or find communities, I found similar to Gina, a Tantra community online. I'd already done Tantra courses before. So I found a Tantra community in New York, which is so fantastic. They have incredible programming and they would just have community meetups like every Sunday for free. I don't think they're on Sundays anymore. I think they're on Mondays, but they still exist. And it would just be like people just... They were just asking questions, doing little like 
eye gazing and different exercises to have feel like you're connected to a community for an hour and a half. And I'm very lucky because I have a dog and I live in a building with a lot of dogs. And so not only does my dog get to be social, but I get to be social because I know all the dog owners and a lot of the dog owners also can do other things. Like one of the dog owners is a pet groomer and she babysits my dog sometimes. So it's like finding ways if you can figure out how to build a community Mm -hmm. around you, even if it's just one or two people um, and keep that going. Community supports are the best. And actually something I want to mention that's kept me just talking about community, big or small, something that's kept me sane is our swamps. Yes. Yes. So swamping, you can Google it. <laughs> but it's uh, originally from Mama Gina, who wrote the book Pussy, A Reclamation. And um, it's a way to just allow yourself to to just release whatever like unpleasant or heavy or just whatever, like just disappointment, anger, like just heavier emotions that you're carrying around just to like release it and allow yourself to like feel it, like feel that grief, feel that anger, mm-hmm. either like through movement, through music, through dance and then turn and transform that into pleasure you know mm-hmm. now to be honest you and I just our version of swamp is like sending well, each other yeah. voice notes without having one of us respond with advice just yes. like drop like yo you know what was super fucked up today and I want to swamp <laughs> about is like I'm super disappointed about xyz and I'm angry at this person and I just don't know what to do and 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 then you know we just thank each other for swamping yeah and then recently we both attended yeah. a swamp circle that was online via zoom hosted by my friend Sarah who's from the same training program mm. as me, Sarah Chizek. She's awesome. Shout outs. And all the people in the, the Zoom call got to like type in the chat. It was like, what are you swamping today? Mm. And we just got to be witnessed in that. So no advice giving. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like therapeutic without having to go into like a therapy group where people are giving you feedback uh, and things like yeah. that. You just got to voice it. And then we listened to like songs that were eliciting like that grief, mm-hmm. the anger and sadness. Mm-hmm. And I actually, during the anger songs, I took my yoga mat and I started like hitting a pillow and at first I was like eh (laughs) <laughs> and then I started like really hit the pillow and I thought I'm like oh man my neighbors are gonna think I'm like beating someone up but I was just letting out all this frustration and yeah. angst mm-hmm. uh, and it felt really good I it was just important to let those feelings out and to do so in a like a constructive productive yeah. like adaptive way, way yeah. right like not letting it implode inside mm-hmm. of us or like having us like snap on our friends or our, our, our family. family yeah yeah um that's been helpful yeah I have found that I've continued continued receiving like coaching and therapy online. So Mm -hmm. some of it has been free through my training program, which has been really great. I've instead Mm -hmm. tried to look at it not as like just requirements for me to graduate, but actually like really amazing therapeutic space to let out all my shit (laughs) and like try to transform stuff and work through stuff. Yeah. I also want to shout out Good Body Feel. Thanks to you, Michaela, that I know about Good Body Feel, which is a yoga studio. It's in Hamilton, but they offer online classes. It's more like a movement studio because they have all different classes and I was so lucky to get a bunch of classes on their sliding scale so I got like some classes for like five, five bucks. bucks and it they're really amazing mm-hmm. I did one the other day with one of my mixy friends who's in my bubble Carol we both really needed it it was like the 
this class called Be Chill with uh, an instructor, Stilo. And like, we ended the class like being guided into a nap. I felt so good <laughs> after. <laughs> yeah, I've just really enjoyed those. So, yeah. if you know, I think finding ways to move with others, whether, yeah, o- online, either yeah. through like a guided yeah. class, but also yoga with Adrian. Adrian is a yoga instructor that has like millions of followers oh, offering yeah, yeah, yeah free classes. I've been really trying to meditate more often. I took like a cheap table and set it up and made an altar and <laughs> made a meditation corner in my room. Yeah, nice. So that was actually something that I had been meaning to do pretty much all pandemic and I just did it. So that's been helpful using all my tools that I've learned in my meditation teacher training. I have lots of plants. Yes, <laughs> I'm Gina's a plant a mom. Plant lady. Yeah. There's millions of I plants. S- I started thinking, I was thinking about this. I'm like, oh man, when everything goes back to normal and not at home, I'm going to miss my plants <laughs> as I see them develop. But you know what? Honestly, there's so many things that has helped us and you touched on them and, and they're very mm. similar to mine. Just really finding ways to connect with other people, whether yeah. it's through Zoom or social distancing to take really good care of myself yeah. through continuing that self-work and that self-development, making time for myself, working on the podcast, having yeah, some creative outlets. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the fact that the podcast was born in the pandemic. Yeah, well, we've talked about it before, but yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, it totally is, was a quarantine baby. It's growing. <laughs> it's like a small toddler now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it Listen, wants to start yeah. uh, making bigger sentences. <laughs> yeah. It has a few more words now in their vocabulary. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and another thing that I, it's funny, I've been wanting to create a better routine for myself. And I Mm -hmm. go through periods where I have a really good morning routine. I'm writing Mm -hmm. in my five minute journal and reading my, like a, you know, a daily inspiration book. (laughs) One of those ones where it has like a quote for the day. But I just recently used a really good planner called Full Focus Planner. And it has this page where I can create like, what's my AM routine, my PM routine, what's like the things that I do to start up my day, my work day and how to like shut down my work day. That's mm-hmm. helped me immensely because I feel like some days when I'm working from home, I'm just rolling out of bed wearing the same pants that I did that I maybe slept in or <laughs> wore the yesterday and just like wiping the sleep off my eyes and just hoping my clients don't think I look that tired. <laughs> so, and I'm not a morning person. So I've been trying to train myself to like to use this time to to get into a better routine. So I've been planning the notes this morning. In the morning, I try to wake up at 7, 7.30, which is tough, but I will meditate and journal. I do my morning pages. I try to move. Mm -hmm. I'll move, do some stretching. And then I just incorporated all the things that I would normally do, but have timed it so that I actually have enough time to do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I take my vitamins, make myself a coffee, (laughs) actually have breakfast sitting down instead of like sitting in front of the computer, Mm -hmm. just, you know, on Mm -hmm. with my video on uh, off before someone comes on. (laughs) Just try to have some kind of structure and predict Predictability because you work from home. Yeah, it's yeah. so unpredictable out there. So if we can try to create some type of predictability with my routine and my day, mm-hmm. like to own the day. Yeah, like own it. I was just letting the days pass by, and I was like, uh, trying to find the pleasure in my mornings as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Other things that people I have heard, I don't work from home, but will have mentioned that have helped them is well, this is actually not about working from home, but in terms of content, because there's a lot of content out there. Organizations, companies, people are taking the opportunity 
opportunity to use the internet to, you know, sell you things. So products that you can use at home, obviously furniture and, and renovation stuff, but also like courses and things like that. And do you want to watch Netflix all day or do you want to watch something else? And so what I've heard people say, which I think is really great, is just kind of knowing what works for you. Like some people, they get comfort in watching the same Star Wars movies over and over and over and over again. I personally don't. <laughs> I watch a movie once and that's good enough for me, but I've been binging like the best Netflix until there isn't any more. Um, I love reality shows and competition shows. So like anytime there's something new, I have to watch it. But it just, I don't know, there's something in that that gives me comfort. And then other people, they can't really digest anything too intellectual or too like mm-hmm. intense during this time. And if you can't, don't turn off the news, like just, you know, get the most important details you need. And so it's just like allowing yourself the grace to do what feels good and don't do what doesn't feel good. Like all the extra mm-hmm. stuff that maybe you're doing pre-pandemic that just your brain cannot handle right now. You don't have to do them. Yeah. And I just wanted to add something. So I guess one thing I, I didn't really remember to say is at the beginning of the pandemic, I was really struggling. Okay, well, how do I find community and social events and things like that? And I found, I happened upon this thing called the Joylist and on Instagram, it's at Joylist NYC. At the time, I had no idea I had anything to do with New York. I didn't know where it was, but this woman, her name's Jillian Richardson. She sends out what's called the Joylist. And now I can't remember how often she sends it out, but she was sending them out all through the pandemic. So she does communication courses. She does a little bit of selling of her courses, but then at the bottom of the email, she lists all the online and free events that you can participate in that can help you through the pandemic. And a lot of the things that I found, like the Tantra organization I found in New York City, I found this woman named Bernadette Pleasant, who does a rich a grief ritual every month. The next one is February the 21st. You can search her name on Eventbrite and the tickets are $0 and it's incredible. It's basically similar to the swamping. It's people just saying what they're grieving. And then she kind of takes you through some body work, which is like just movement and breathing. And it's not like a bunch of people like screaming and crying. It's people just moving their bodies and allowing the grief to move through their bodies. So the grief of the pandemic, grief of being alone, grief of actually losing someone, grief of breakups. And it's been really, really beautiful for me to participate in that community. And that was a community I found through the Joylist. So I recommend highly the Joylist at Joylist NYC and brilliant, just brilliant because that was the place I started when I was trying to find things to occupy myself with during the pandemic. Yeah. Get on the joy list. I like that. I think I just also just want to make a list that I call the joy list, like things that make, give me <laughs> that joy. Makes, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah. You know what? I actually totally forgot that I wanted to speak a little bit about fitness. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you, I've had some months where I have been eating right and moving my body. And then I had pretty much the entire month of January where I just went deep into Uber Eats and I literally gained 10 pounds. <laughs> I was like, and whatever, I'm still cute though. But like, it was, I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, I can't order Holy Chuck two to three times a week. <laughs> and although Holy Chuck is my favorite burger is Young and Sinclair yeah. Hot Big Ups or Burgers Priest the Burgers following Priest. week. Yeah. <laughs> Just it wasn't, I had to like get my shit together. Yeah. So as part of my new daily routines and rituals, I've incorporated for the month of February, it's called F Cubed February, food, fitness, and finances. So I'm cooking my food. I am not ordering Uber Eats. If I'm going to order online, I'm 
going to order directly from the website, like of the restaurant, like I did with Filipino Quarantino for Dilo, <laughs> which was amazing. Shout outs to the empanadas made by Chef Dennis Tay. Delicious. So good. We had them today. <laughs> I ordered that from exploretalk.com. Much more of the, like more of the proceeds or more of the cost of the meal actually go to the, the restaurant. restaurant without the commission going to Uber. So FYI. Yeah. And then the other F is finances. So trying to <laughs> lower my spending on Amazon. Crap. <laughs> like <laughs> there's a meme where it's like a photo of some guy from the, you know, I don't know, I don't know, like this 1400s wearing like the most ridiculous outfit. And it's like how I look when I realize like all this stupid, useless stuff that I ordered off Amazon. <laughs> so yeah, so the, I've been working out and or doing some kind of mindful movement every day. Mm-hmm. So whether that's like with a class or on my own or going for a walk. I know our friend David Kim has these daily workouts at 6 p.m. via Zoom. You can find him on um, our Mix in the Six page. We shouted him out uh, over the holiday. He does some really, really great classes. Always like feeling the burn after. I have been, yeah, doing some spin class. I got myself a spin bike. (laughs) So yeah. And just to kind of build on what you were saying before too, with uh, finding things online to like stimulate your brain. I actually probably signed up for way too many courses at the beginning of the pandemic because they were so like a bunch of things were cheap. And then I got burnt out. Mm. I was like, I can't, my brain can't do this anymore. And so I've, I've realized I also, you know, if I need a day to rest or if I actually need to take it some time to actually plan out how I'm going to do all these courses mm. and when. Some of them I didn't end up finishing because I just was too tired or I could watch them like sort of indefinitely. Mm. But one other piece around community too that I wanted to share was that I did this really great course with my friend and mentor and coach Marley Lease, where I was part of a woman's circle around uh, sacred sensuality. And it was so, so good to be in that course because I was learning content that I found really interesting. But then we had these weekly circles Mm. so we could just be in our emotions, be in our shit and to share and to be witness. So there's been a lot of ways that like I've been finding ways to move, ways to move my emotions through my body, to voice them out, to be witnessed and to be in community with others. And that's been really great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were doing a yoga class together, actually, Mm -hmm. virtually, just the two of us. So that was really cool. And that really helped me through a lot of the emotional stuff I was going through at the time. And I've since decided to do yoga teacher training, which is one of the things, one of the courses I've decided to take on during this pandemic. It's a lot of work, but worth it. And so through kind of just doing this yoga class every week, it's like, oh, I really do love yoga and kind of finding like that's how I found the Good Body Feel studio because I was looking for a studio that was doing a virtual classes, but also not too, too far. I mean, Hamilton is a little bit far, but that when we could meet face to face, that it's something I would want to to continue to participate in. So yoga is definitely the gateway drug to like finding something that was calming, also supportive to wherever I was at. So that's the kind of movement I like. I also, starting in January, participated, well, it's still going on. It's called um, a 40-day, it's just a 40-day kind of connection or I don't know what to call it. But basically it's called Golden Nuggets. And I wish I could remember what the, I think it's actually Golden Nuggets on Instagram, but I got to check that and I can include in the show notes. But this woman, I don't even know her, but I just through a series of different little mazes, I ended up connecting with her and 
I did a solstice program with her, which was just like waking up early and doing some yoga and doing some journaling. And so there's a everyday 8 a.m. The program that's work happening now is 40 days every day at 8 a.m. doing some yoga, some chanting, some movement, not always yoga movement, but other movement and um, journal writing. And it's great because like I don't always do it because sometimes I'm working or I don't wake up early, but it's like being part of a little community for that period of time that's also moving. And I'm very much into intuitive eating, anti-diet and intuitive eating. And yeah, just like everything just aligned in the sense that I found, again, one of the yoga teachers from Good Body Feel also is an intuitive eating counselor and a nutritionist. And she put on a workshop that just ended for a week intuitive eating workshop to talk about principles of intuitive eating. And it was just this glorious group of like five women, six women. Um, It's not just for women, but it just happened to be. And we talked about the principles. We talked about like how to navigate in the world that is kind of obsessed with dieting. And it was just really, really great. It was like a really peaceful place in the midst of chaos, especially January. Everybody's talking about a new diet or a new thing. And it's just like a peaceful place to exist and kind of share different perspectives. So again, it's all about or has been anyway for me is like making these little connections. Like I found, you know, one organization, a person I like, find them on Instagram. And then that connects me to other people that are like minded. And then I might follow them on Instagram. And then I'll like bump into a nice workshop that I'm interested in or like some movement classes I'm interested in or a program that they're offering. And it's all kind of been like, oh, this is like a nice way to move through the pandemic Mm -hmm. and not feel like I'm stagnant. And I'm just like at home staring at the TV all the time Yeah, (laughs) and feeling like, okay, because I can connect to other people and because I can stimulate my mind and I can think about the future, I can see I have hope for getting out of this um, experience and moving into a different one (laughs) soon-ish. I have hope too. And I would love some resources on intuitive eating. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious to know more about it. We'll add add some to the show notes. There's Facebook groups, there's podcasts, there's so many. So yeah, I'll connect you. Because I, I, yeah, for my month, my F cubed February, my only goal is just to cook my food because whenever I get stuck into thinking about diets or like eliminate, like, yeah, I'm just trying to work on small steps. No takeout, (laughs) except for sometimes. Only the most delicious. Only the most delicious. It's necessary. Yeah. (laughs) If it's empanadas. (laughs) If it's Dilo empanadas. Yeah. If it's Filipino (laughs) Quarantino. That's an exception. You know. But it's not really, is it takeout food though? Because it doesn't, it's not like going to a drive-thru. It's like really high quality. Yeah. Um, we're really we're obviously food. big fans. We're going to justify this no matter what. <laughs> no, I, I know. I wanted to order sushi. Instead, I ordered Filipino Quarantino for the second time. <laughs> I and mean, with was, a name like Filipino Quarantino, it's like you have resist. to have. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's just if you heard our most recent episode with Chef mm-hmm. Dennis Tay, it was very good. We ordered mm-hmm. and enjoyed his food. Yeah, it was, it was really like bomb. I felt like I was like, yeah, Filipino, was Filipino flavors united. Yeah, it was yeah, really great. That fantastic. pork belly was like oh my gosh I was like what is melts this melts in your mouth crack <laughs> <laughs> Filipino crack <laughs> you know I think on the whole here we're talking about okay this quarantino has been no bueno 
And we've, I think we've done our best to feel all of the shittiness Mm -hmm. and allow ourselves to feel that grief and find ways to adapt and cope in ways that feel good for us. Like I know what what works for you, Michaela, Mm -hmm. might not work for me, vice Mm -hmm. versa. And for all of you listening, you know, we would invite you to hopefully if it's something what we've shared that's helped us is of interest to you or you might want to try, please either reach out to us or go ahead and look into the resources that we'll provide. provide, Yeah. Um, and also for those of you out there, if there's been something that's been really helpful for you, we'd love to hear from you and, yeah, and to share that. Yeah. I sort of, before we wrap up, I, I wanted to share, um, you know, just maybe some other things that we know out there that might help people connect in community. I wanted to shout out to our friend who's also a fellow Mixie, Gabriella Smith, her and her friend and colleague from her program. I think she's studying social work, started mm-hmm. a group called Live Out Loud, and it's for uh, femmes and non-binary folks to explore like self-care and self-love with aspects of like, mental health and spirituality and it's a mm. free online program their next program i think starts in the end of march but their okay. their first one is happening right now so that's mm-hmm. really cool they've gotten some really great feedback i know i've seen some really great events i've i was able to catch one of them with the mixed space they're a really cool group that i believe was started in the united states but they have chapters all around the world and they are a, a space for mixed people and they were doing in-person events kind of like Mix in the Six but they are now all online and they had a really cool meetup that was about like sex yeah they had Corey Wade who is a he's biracial he she they (laughs) pronouns indifferent was on America's Next Top Model and is a model and artist and was talking about and a sex educator talking about sex positivity and it was really really cool so those events are free there's so many I know mindfulness the mindfulness center or mm-hmm. the Center for Mindfulness Studies, which I've been a part of their programs. They've done some really cool, like free meditation groups. So yeah, those are some, there's so many, but what do you, do you have any suggestions? I think I would just go back and say the thing that helped me the most was the Joyless. So at Joylist NYC on the Instagram. And then there should be a link to the website where you can subscribe to a newsletter and the newsletter comes to your inbox. And there's a list of tons of different kinds of events. Um, That really got me started at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, All the things I fell in love with in terms of things I participated in was from that list. I think that's the main thing. Oh, Eventbrite. So, you know, most of these smaller organizations, they don't have their own ticket, whatever, seller. So they go through Eventbrite. Mm -hmm. And I found that just kind of searching things on Eventbrite, like, oh, I really could use a meditation. Type in the word meditation. There's like going to be, you'll find so many people offering meditations and you'll find maybe some that are cost, but most of the time I find at least a few that are free. And then if I find someone that I like a lot, like Bernadette Pleasant, for instance, who does the grief ritual, I follow them on Eventbrite. So then whenever she's having an event, it will pop up in my email and tell me, oh, this person you're following on Eventbrite is having this event. And it's been really great because sometimes I don't know what's happening or I'm like, oh, I'd really love to do something. And then something pops up in my email and then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely doing this. (laughs) This will get me through to the next moment. So what are you hopeful about? Well, I was just about to ask you the same thing. <laughs> because like, we're going to ask each other. 
the same questions because we're just here on this podcast. Oh, man. Honestly, I say this kind of jokingly, but I'm not even joking. I'm really looking forward to going to a concert or like a party, like an outdoor music festival and like bumping up against sweaty bodies. I miss going to Electric Island. I miss dancing Mm. on picnic tables and fist pumping. Like that's like, you know what? There's few things better than like dancing to really great music and like looking at people and Mm -hmm. they're looking at you and they're like, yeah, this music's amazing. You're amazing. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm missing. I'm also, I really miss, I'm looking forward to going and and seeing like live music shows. I've actually found a lot of really great new artists over the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. I would love to see them live. See them live. Yeah. You know, in the flesh. In the flesh. You know, I'm looking forward to just being able to hug people, go to restaurants, enjoy a meal, go get a coffee. Yeah. Craig, you know, yeah. there's lots of things. Yeah. I'm looking forward to traveling. Yeah. 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 What about you? I, yeah, I'm hopeful for, well, because we do have some record of a pandemic in the past or the Spanish flu, we do know that, that we will get out of this eventually because we got out of that. And then there was the roaring 20s. We may not get there. We might go to a lower economic time before we can all be partying. But I'm hopeful for the world because a lot of the things that needed to come out in terms of, oh yes, racism is, still exists mm-hmm. and people paying attention and things that have been put in place to balance the score. And also all the negative things that have come out, like the insurrection at the White House. Mm-hmm. I would rather know that stuff is out there, like in my face than underground. So to me, it's been a blessing to know, okay, these are where these people are at and they're not hiding that anymore. And so So I'm hopeful that with this new knowledge, it will create even a small amount of difference. I'm not always so hopeful because it could be that we go back to the way things have always been because it's like, well, there's no reason to be concerned anymore. The pandemic's over and all the kind of global support is kind of died down because everybody's going to go back to their lives. But I am hopeful about it. I'm also hopeful, well, more than hopeful, I think that we will eventually go back to normal. I don't know what that looks like exactly, but kind of a lot like we had before in terms of the ability to travel, the ability to, you know, be in crowds and things like that. It'll probably be gradual, but it'll happen. So it's more um, less about hope and more about plans. <laughs> I feel like, for instance, I talked about loving music festivals, but I've never gone to like an international music festival. Uh, but there's tons of them that I've thought about going to, but I'm like, oh, the cost, blah, blah, blah. But now it's kind of like, if I'm going to go to one music festival <laughs> when things open up, it's going to be like the dream one. Yeah, we're going to Tomorrowland. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing it because why not? It's yeah. kind of like if I'm going to do this one time and, you know, with vigor, because like, you know, with the idea that this could happen again or like just kind of that unsure mm-hmm. experience, I think I want to just do the biggest thing and like the dream trips and like kind of like live out fully. And so it doesn't have to be I'm going to travel every week until I die because I can. It'll be like I'm going to do that one big trip. I wanted to take my mom on a cruise in September and obviously that didn't happen. So it's one of the things I did to keep my spirits up is I booked a cruise for her and I for 2022. And so it's great because I'm paying for a cruise over two years. So it's a very small amount of money every month. And also it's something to look forward to because it's like something I've been wanting to give my mom. So those are the kinds of things that keep me hopeful and that I'm looking forward to and excited about is like really kind of being intentional 
about not holding back like, oh, you know, like when you think about, oh, the money or, oh, can I get the time off or, oh, this. It's like, no, do the big thing I've been wanting to do because I may not get to do it again. True. Yeah. Go big or go home in the future. <laughs> I like that. It's like it's a plan, right? Yeah, Set the yeah. intention. 2021 is not our year yet, but 2022 <laughs> this is going to be great. I hope and I'm glad that you also brought that up around and, I, you know, I believe you're referring to like the kind of big Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. that was, I mean, it's still happening. It was just very highly publicized during the sort of pandemic pa- like the pandemic, this this pandemic time. And so, yeah, I would all, just want to also build on that too, that this has been a really interesting time in our human existence where like an anti-racist movement is coming forward, right? And like mm-hmm. the people out there that are racist, like maybe <laughs> seeing you <laughs> and it's visible. Yeah. But it's also a really been a beautiful time where, you know, people are like, we're amplifying the voices that need to be amplified mm-hmm. from the BIPOC communities. And I'll just, you know, shout out to that on our Instagram page. It is, we're highlighting a lot of wonderful Black-owned businesses, yes. creators, you know, change makers, because that's important, you know. Mm-hmm. I know Black History Month is all of February each year, but every single day of the year, you can mm-hmm. be learning and supporting Black businesses, Black artists, and learning about Black history, because that is our history, our North American history, our Canadian history. There's so many wonderful things that have been popping up mm. on social media that I've learned a lot. And I know I've said it before on the podcast, this has been a really great year for me to learn. I've read some great books about being anti-racist and, and reflecting on, you know, just how we can be better, how we can mm-hmm. be more compassionate, more aware, and how to like really center not our own shit. <laughs> I've realized my own privilege, but to really uh, center the conversation around the voices that need to be at the forefront of the mm. movement. So, yeah. 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 Keep doing the work, peeps. Yeah. And one final thing I will say is I really look forward to seeing our Mixed in the Six family. Uh, yes. Yeah. See your, sh- your shining, smiling faces. I can't wait to hug you <laughs> and like do the heart chakra hugs and like tell you how much I miss you. And I miss, we really miss you guys. Yeah. Guys and gals and thems. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The she, hems and her and theys. We miss you all. Yeah. It's It's been interesting because like there's moments so I just think about, oh man, I wonder how this person is doing. Mm-hmm. Or I wonder how people are doing. So reach out, DM yeah. us, tell us how you're doing. Yeah, because we are just really looking forward to that time mm-hmm. when we can all connect in real life. Like, I want to call life. it real life because it is, is. It doesn't feel life? quite like real life right now. <laughs> but yeah, in the reels and yeah. the splash event eventually again. In the real real. But in the, <laughs> in meantime, the meantime, keep connecting with us in the virtual world. Yes. And thank you all for listening to our podcast and for tuning in. If you've made yeah. it to the end of this conversation, you know, <laughs> we thank you. And we hope that you got something out of this. And please, yeah, be in touch. And we love you. Hearts, heart chakra hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we love you. Till next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mix in the Six podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you do, do not forget to subscribe, comment, and share the love to keep bringing more stories, insights, and cool perspectives from the mixed community. And if you or someone you know is a fellow mixie and want to share your unique story and are up to awesome stuff, we want to hear from you for a potential feature. Look below in the show notes for more info. Much love to you and see you soon.